Okay, so we want to pivot from this to something that, in some respects, you could call similar, in other respects, you could call very different. Yeah, you could call it both. Yeah. <laughs> and either, or yeah. neither. But I would assume that everyone listening, even if you're not aware of the details of the American Revolutionary War in 1776 and around that time, you probably are aware of what's been happening in our country this last week and when this comes out, you know, two weeks ago, but probably this last week too. Yeah. It's typical for us when there are significant events that have happened over this past year to talk about them on the podcast. We talked about the protests surrounding George Floyd's death. We talked about the election results when President-elect Joe Biden was uh, formally announced the winner. And last week, we would have talked about the riots during the... Uh, Confirmation uh, hearing of Biden's win. Right. That could, yeah, they're certifying the results. Uh, we, however, got into a very nice riveting discussion with Laura Peterson surrounding the three bridges. So we thought we'd save it for this week. Yeah. We also recorded the episode last week on Thursday morning, and all this happened on Wednesday afternoon. So it was still really fresh, and I think a lot has happened since then as far as just more information being available. Right. And more information will probably come out by the time that this is actually uh, out. Yeah. We are recording this on Friday night. It'll be out on Tuesday. So there's really no good place, bad place to be able to comment on this. I don't know how much more we'll comment on this. If it feels that it makes sense moving forward, we will. But again, because we wanted to do this project this year, we anticipated that it would be historically significant. We didn't anticipate it would be this historically significant, but we, for our own purposes, want to be able to talk about it. Yeah. So. And it's kind of interesting that, I mean, we would have talked about it to some degree anyway, because like you said, we're, we're basically just keeping a, keeping notes of every single thing that's going on this year, not just the 131 miles that we're walking per week, but making notes of the things that we talk about along those walks. Yeah. And obviously we've been talking about this a lot, but it was sort of uh, synchronistic that it landed on our Battle of Brooklyn week because we were able to think about this revolutionary war that happened 250 years ago and then also think about, yeah, like you said at the beginning of this little segment, the similarities and the major differences. Yeah, it it does seem like there are similarities and differences. I mean, we I did a disclaimer about not being a historian, also do a disclaimer about this being our own thoughts. I mean, this is such like a charged subject that yeah. people, um, you know, they, it it's scarring potentially to see the images of what's supposed to be our most hallowed institution uh, being, you know, rioted and, you know, desecrated in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many things to say about it. I mean... Well, we could start about what happened for us on that day. We were actually very unaware 
that anything was happening for most of the day. Well, we I mean, started the day, you know, the night before we were watching the Senate runoff elections, which also was historic. Right. And in a good way, you know, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And we were watching it the night before and we knew that the results would probably be in in the morning. So I think that was one of the first things we saw that morning as we were getting up and getting ready to go on our walk was that the Senate had flipped and there were two new Democratic senators in, coming into Georgia and it was this great feeling, you know, it was, it, I felt like hopeful and like, you know, people were talking about how there's now a John Ossoff, who is a young Jewish man, and Reverend Warnock, who is a reverend and is a black man, and how they're going to be representing Georgia, and how this is like, all of those things are sort of new <laughs> and exciting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it felt like there was a lot of joy in the air that morning. So I think we were just high on that and there's no reason to be checking the news when it's good news. Well, I had checked the news at 11 or so. There was just a period of three or four hours where we had not checked the news. And then we went back. We happened to have our route take us back around home. We dropped off the backpacks that we were carrying and we just happened to check the news. And at that point, that was when yeah. we saw that there were uh, people overrunning the Capitol. Yeah, that was around like 3 or 3.30, I think. Something like that. And I think, I mean, I think there's people that were watching because there was, you know, even, even starting that day, there was this joyful news about the Senate. But I was also prepared, I guess, if I really, if I think... I think all the way back to a week ago, I was also prepared to be angry because I was prepared to hear and to probably watch after the fact senators and House of Representatives representatives uh, pushing back against certifying the results. And I was already feeling like it's so dangerous and it's so violent to be doing that because we're fucking with people's minds. We're telling people that this isn't what happened, that someone else won or that there was fraud or we're making up all these lies and it's really screwing with people. And so I was already ready to be like upset about that. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and then it just, it was like, these thoughts that I had been having about how dangerous it was that our elected officials were going along with a lie, it, it kind of, it just came true. It proved how dangerous it really truly was because there were thousands of people then that marched down to the Capitol and broke windows and broke in and five people were killed and Yeah, it just sort of, I mean, I hate that it did validate it, but it did kind of validate the things that people have been saying for the last four years, that our president is a dangerous person and to be 
spreading a bunch of misinformation around it's not just making people angry it's making like once people start getting angry they get violent and we're actually living in a completely different reality yeah well i think there were a lot of people that were at that rally that likened themselves to the patriots that we were just speaking about in the battle of brooklyn yeah and you think about what it is that makes them different if anything, which I do think there are things that make them different. But the colonists, when you you spend a lot of time thinking about it this week, what they were rebelling against, they were rebelling against taxes, Mm -hmm. which is something that I've certainly become accustomed to in my life Mm -hmm. as a thing that is death and taxes. It's going to happen, but also there are a lot of things that are good that come out of taxes. It doesn't seem like the colonists were benefiting from any of that. It just seemed mm-hmm. like an extra wealth tax. Right. Uh, if if defense was there, maybe it was questionable. Uh, and then the big thing here, the idea of no taxation without representation, mm-hmm. that the colonies didn't have any representation that was in parliament. That seems to me to be the thing that you really need to... I think, communicate to people that are finding parallels between their lived experience right now and the colonist experience. Mm. There is a very robust system of government that represents them. Right. And while they believe that it is broken, there is no rational evidence-based description of what they are believing to be true. Right. And that is, it is a problem that they are consuming information that suggests that what they believe is true. Uh, It's also a problem that for many people They don't need actual rational-based evidence. It's just about power. Oh, I think it's about power from the people that have power. I think that a lot of the people that don't have power but believe these things just are already involved in some sort of way of living their lives that where they don't have to have proof for their beliefs, whether it's extreme religion or like lack of education where they're just following, you know, listening to what other people are telling them and they don't know even how to know what's right or wrong or just, or even, you know, having an opinion and wanting, liking that they can find online something that validates their opinion even if it's not true. Like, like they, they can find anything that, that just sort of makes them not have to do the work of thinking or changing. Well, I think it's a lot of things. With, my, with what I'm saying is that they are interested in aligning themselves with the force that is in power. They we, being the people that stormed the Capitol? Or mm-hmm. they, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, I guess so. They want their 
the person that they sort of see as the leader, they want him to stay in power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but only for the sake of power, not for what the leader can give them. It's just because their identity is aligned with the success of this person. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think that that's what most people think. I don't mm. I don't think that because there aren't any actual issues that are really going on that benefit them. I mean, it seems like it doesn't seem to be based mostly on thinking that if this person is in power, I'll be benefited in any way. It seems mostly to be based on fear and anger of if Biden is in power, I'll be there, you know, I'll start all this crazy misinformation about socialism and the ideas of a democratic, what democratic leadership would do and how that could really hurt people. This is the idea because this is the way that things are spun. And then also the idea that the election was rigged or that there was fraud and feeling like their voices weren't being heard or they weren't important. And that seems like less about thinking that, oh, I could get some sort of benefit from this and more about, oh, I haven't been listened to and I'm mad. And like what I wanted is what should be happening. I mean, there's something I've been thinking about since this happened and seeing all the images and there seems to be this and I guess in some weird way, this could be linked to what you were saying about the different colonies not getting along, but it's a stretch. But there, there seems to be this mashup of symbols that don't make sense to me in the crowd of people that broke into the Capitol, where there's, I mean, it don't, they don't make sense with each other, but then they also, there's so much hypocrisy within the symbols that are being held up and shown and then what people are doing. So there's, there are people chanting USA and carrying American flags as they're breaking in and destroying the building that represents you know, the voices of the people and is one of our most important, you know, American structures for democracy. And then there's Confederate flags, which is obviously always a problem, but also seems to, in my mind at least, directly go against the American flag. There, was, there were Israeli flags, and then there were also Nazi t-shirts, and there's a lot of Trump flags. There were also the thin blue line flags being flown or being held up as people are beating police officers, and one police officer was beaten to death by people that not by a person specifically holding a thin blue line flag, but by a crowd that had those flags flying and the people that 
align themselves with Trump like to say that they support the police, but it, do, it there's just so much like that when you take a step back and think about it, it just doesn't line up. And I don't know how much the people involved realize that or and how much they're just like fired up and moving forward on this treadmill basically that goes that goes nowhere yeah i don't think it really bothers them that much that there's some sort of conflict of interest i mean they they all have their own individual t-shirts or flags or whatnot presumably they're just identifying other people that are dissatisfied and if there's some sort of logical conflict between the two, they'll sort that out at a later date if their collective aims are achieved at some point. I mean, it's not really some sort of sustainable coalition because it's not built on anything that's collectively beneficial mm. other than the you know, demonstration of power upon other peoples yeah and i guess that i guess that you're right when you say that you know i i'm pushing back against that idea of these individual people wanting power but then when i start to think about that symbolism actually it is a lot of power symbols and really negative oppressive power symbols and then there's the representatives that want political power and so they're spinning these people up and sto stoking the fire of Nazis and white supremacists and and other people that were involved that maybe don't fit under those categories but are running alongside those people and there doesn't seem to be, I mean, I think from some of these people, there's a, an understanding finally that this is what's happening. But it's really, I don't know, I don't know what to make of the, the people that are in office that just, you know, it just seems so like exposed right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it will become more exposed in the coming days. It sounds like there is actual tangible information about some of these people that hold elected office that may have been involved in the planning of this. Yeah. I think they're waiting to announce that until Trump is out of office to avoid any potential pardoning or otherwise just complications. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if... Trump is not being talked to by anybody about this, right. except for people on the Republican side that he can convince to speak good about him. But as far as any investigations, I, I imagine he's completely out of the loop. Yeah. I hope that one day somebody that is on the side of the insurrectionists with some intelligence would be able to communicate what they were feeling when they were in the Capitol. Like, 
once they're if they are able ever to 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 get a clear head and recount what they're thinking. I imagine that a lot of these people were involved in the QAnon conspiracy stuff. The and, sorry, yeah. Apparently that guy who's photographed all over wearing the buffalo hat yeah. with the tattoos, he's like a QAnon shaman. Yeah. So well, I mean, I didn't know that that's a self week, that's a self appointed title. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but I think from what I'm listening to, from what I'm hearing from like people reporting on it, it sounds like it's a, a self appointed title, but also like people know of him, like and fo QAnon followers follow him. Yeah, they also turned on him immediately. They said that he was a. They did say he was Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. the, what I'm the idea that this the QAnon conspiracy, the QAnon basically a game where there is intentionally incomplete information provided, and there's always another uh, hole to go down, mm -hmm. and to imagine that there are people that have been playing this game, call it that for a very long time. Yeah. And and to have the culminate in this moment where their leader has uh, given them a command mm -hmm. and they are now in the capital. And most of these people, if not all of them, have either, you could say, resigned themselves or have, or have taken pride in, not really sure what, uh, being considered uh, fringe. Mm-hmm being considered white supremacist, whatever you want to call it, being considered completely outside of the system, right? And owning that and then having a perverse type of freedom from any I, any concern about public opinion. Mm. And combining that with the idea that you've been playing this puzzle, playing this game for a really long time, and then this moment of being inside the United States Capitol, it's like, it's almost like you are in a, a plane that's been in the clouds for a really long time, and then you're above the clouds, you know? That, what that moment must have been like mm. to feel like you've solved this. I mean, you haven't solved it, but like to feel like all of this is actually manifesting as a real thing. Right. You're outside the matrix and like you are in a, a place that nobody expected was possible. Maybe not even you, you've just been playing this game and you, you, you thought it was possible, but you really, you weren't sure. And now it's like here, like yeah. what, what was that like, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would, I, yeah, I agree with you. I would be curious to hear what the actual thoughts of those people were at that moment because I can project what I think they were and looking at the the, the videos and the pictures of it it almost looked like yeah like you've been playing this game and you think that when you get in there there's going to be some sort of reward and the game's over and there might be some sort of fireworks show because people looked very like confused like they looked like oh what are we 
we're in here now. Like, you know, people were, and I heard one thing that struck me that there were just a lot of people looking for the bathroom. Yeah. And like, it's, it's not, it's almost like there just wasn't a plan. Like that was the, that was like the final step for a lot of people. And then it also sounds like there were a lot of people that had a plan that was scary and a real problem and really, really thought out. It would, yeah. I mean, that remains to be seen. Yeah. It sounds like that's the case. Yeah. We still have, we don't have all the information as to how many people were cosplaying terrorists and how many people were really looking to use zip ties to, you know, kidnap people. Right. Uh, I mean, there are certainly going to be people that were talking about this online. And then even if they were just pretending, that's that's just they're doing it like that. You are. That's that's real. Yeah. But yeah, it was weird. Like, you know, their video of people walking through I don't know if it's the rotunda or a rotunda mm-hmm. where all the statues are and then they're respecting the velvet ropes at the same time they're breaking into the Capitol. Like they're following this one path. And yeah, it's, you know, you are in some respects very much existing outside the matrix of whatever polite society is. But mm-hmm. then there's just you're still existing within the track of all of these people that are in the uh, Capitol so you're you're you might be the overflow from one thing, but you are very much in the system of something else when you're doing that. And yeah. it is, uh, you know, all these people think they're free thinkers, and they're not. They are in a system that is just as confining, but ultimately more harmful. Well, it's a whole. It's like each of these people has been sort of like programmed with this winding maze that they'll never really get to the end of, but they think they're getting there. I mean, they yell at people calling them sheep because the people around them are calling them sheep. And then they follow the velvet ropes when they break into the cat. You know, it's like, there's no, it just doesn't seem like there's any inner vision or, you know, looking towards themselves. It's all this like, outward looking and pointing the finger and name calling and sleuthing to find something that doesn't exist yeah to try and i don't know what yeah what like to have a purpose to feel like you're alive (laughs) to feel like you're doing something that matters i don't to have a community. I mean, I think there's a lot of different reasons. And this is probably not a popular thing to say right now, but I do feel for a lot of these people. You know, we're so, as a society, at least in our bubble here in New York, at the very least, I think we're really trying to be aware of people that are struggling in different ways. And we're trying to be aware of, you know, mental health issues and um, the differences between people and not sort of creating like good and bad binaries and being accepting and welcoming to each other. But then when it comes to something like this, and I'm not saying, I mean, 
there's obviously like leaders that are bad and should be punished and we have a punitive system so if we are still going to have the punitive system it should be used equally for everyone so i'm not saying in any ways like no there shouldn't be like justice brought to these people um or that the actions shouldn't be condemned but i do worry that the people sort of like on our side on the like progressive left liberal whatever side of things i don't want to fall into being vindictive or like at least i'm not definitely going to be angry i mean i'm angry and like i i have a lot of these you know there's a lot of like lumping in my brain of like these people are all like this but i yeah. don't really want to do that because i don't think that that's really going to solve the problem ultimately i mean i think there's a lot of i think there's a lot of troubled people i think there's a lot of mental health issues and i think there's a lot of isolated people and people that are searching for something and yeah i just hope that sometime soon we can and we meaning sort of the people that are on the democratic left side of things can maybe open up space for people to find a purpose within like true reality and get some help and and be represented yeah you know i think this all sort of started with like trump was this idea that he was anti-establishment and there's so many people that didn't feel like they had a voice for so long and it's devolved into this like just totally chaos where there's thousands of tens of thousands of people that are just living in an alternate reality yeah and yeah i hope i would like to see those people come back to the reality yeah yeah i mean i am a little hesitant with respect to the idea of labeling myself as democratic or left because i well, I'm a registered Democrat because in order to vote in the primaries, which are the only thing that matter in the state of New York, you need to be a registered Democrat. Right. And then as far as left or right, I don't I just don't know where I really fit inside either of these. And I find that the Democrat Republican binary is like inherently part of the problem. Mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to take away what you mean. I, I mean, yeah. I do identify as both of those things in the continuum if we're forcing a continuum. Right. However, uh, I, I guess I agree with what you're saying. I do feel bad for these people in some respects. And I guess pivoting into the impeachment side of this thing, mm -hmm. which was historically fast, yeah. will probably, well, actually, hopefully will never happen this fast again, but the circumstances are extremely extenuating right it strikes me that i feel like joe biden is actually uniquely positioned to potentially handle this in a way mm. that is better than any of the other presidential candidates could have been and he was not somebody that i was interested 
in supporting. Right. And I still am very wary of his abilities to carry out what needs to be done in a strictly individualized leadership sense. Mm -hmm. I think he'll be very capable at appointing people and maybe he's just not, you know, out as out front as we might expect from leadership, which would be a nice change of pace. Mm. That said, I think he might be uniquely qualified as far as his personal background. And this is perhaps a, a bit of a personal bias, too, but his old school Catholic background mm. A big component of uh, Catholicism is forgiveness, but that also comes with repentance. Mm. That there is a very almost almost bureaucratic process that is involved with receiving total uh, absolution mm -hmm. from anything that you've done, and. I'm not sure any of the other candidates that were running have the, I, I just don't see any of them having the personal language background that he might have to be able to communicate that to people. Mm. Whether or not he goes that path or whether or not he's able to execute that path, I don't know. But there needs to be a way for these people that have gone down this really isolating, painful path to come back. And it starts with acceptance of the fact that they went down this path. Yeah. But then it absolutely requires people on the other side to not be like, yeah, no, you no, you have to be you have to live in this state of shame and uh, you know, regret forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, that's a compelling point. And I hope that whether it's because of Joe Biden's Catholic upbringing or, and, or the language that it seems like is in the zeitgeist around shame and around how detrimental that is to the human experience and to forward progress I hope that somehow what you're saying can can happen uh, but I do think that yeah I think that the people that contributed to this especially that are in high positions in the government I hope that they can hold themselves accountable too and and Yeah, just just it, it it'll only take like a couple people to start having the conversation, admitting that they were complicit in this. And if people start to have that conversation and they're not just immediately like shunned, I think that might open up space for more people to speak about whatever their experience was working with Trump and what they did that was terrible, you know, what terrible things they did just to keep, and this is definitely, I think, about power, just to keep their power. Yeah. And just to keep their positions, even though 
you know, saying that they're fighting for their constituents, but really just completely betraying the people that rely on them and contributing to the confusion for those people. Yeah. So I guess we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, I think the sort of the most striking uh, reversal was Lindsey Graham's little speech after everyone had gone back into the into the Capitol and how it was like a complete 180. Yeah, well, but I mean, he was, was, he was on the plane with Trump a couple of days ago. So it's not, I mean, that's not real. Well, it's not, no, I mean, but, <laughs> but we're already doing it even in this conversation. Like, I don't like him. I think he is a terrible person. But like, if he's gonna do a 180, and start saying how bad this Trump is and how bad these other senators are and how bad this insurrection was, like he still needs to be held accountable for all the shit he did because he made this happen. But it needs to be done in a way where he keeps saying these things and doesn't just flip again and start saying, oh no, I was just heated that night or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't know the answers to that, but I don't think that like, I don't know, just continuing to be angry in every forum at each other. Like we can be angry, we're just, we're citizens and we're not holding any elected elected position. But I think the rhetoric up at the top needs to, needs to change to some degree too. Yeah. And start just like, Not congratulating people for telling the truth, but recognizing that if people are lying and deceiving and acting inappropriately, they should be reprimanded. And then when people are doing the right thing, they can keep their job and they can, like, just get along. Yeah. I mean, I think that if things are what it sounds like they might be on as of on this friday it's very there's a very real possibility that some members of congress will not make it till their next election uh, based on maybe aiding some of these insurrectionists in finding their way around the capitol and whatnot yeah maybe that's maybe that's the case maybe that's not we'll find out yeah but yeah, it may be that some some of these elected officials are shaken loose. Other ones, it's very difficult because they are elected officials. Yeah. And it's unclear how that, you know, you remove them. And then is there a precedent that's involved with uh, getting, uh, you know, having the will of the people overrun? But... Yeah, I I do think that balance needs to be struck between justice and uh, and demonstrating discourse. Yeah, and we'll see we'll see where that is. You know, I don't want to say uh, healing. I do think that healing needs to happen, but right now it's I mean it is so tone deaf how that is being used. 
at our government level yeah. right now. The healing that needs to happen is that the people that are, that everybody just needs to start telling the truth mm -hmm. and yeah. speaking up for the right things that need to happen, you know, yeah. and moving forward in a way. I mean, healing, healing doesn't mean if you have a broken leg, it hurts to put it into a cast. But if you just ignore that it's broken, you're going to be fucked. Like, <laughs> right. we have to put the leg in the cast, which might hurt to some of the bad people, but they got to go. Yeah. That's not a great analogy, but whatever. It's fine. And then as far as uh, Trump himself, I don't need to spend too much time on it, but uh, I would like to say that I think we should start talking about and thinking about addiction to accumulating wealth in the mm. same way we think about addiction to other things because yeah. that was his primary vice and it also was about addiction to attention and then ultimately once he actually got power he wasn't just a used car salesman but like somehow found his way into the the hen house yeah his addiction to power as a consequence which was always it was never really his strong suit it was always more about attention but ultimately the money thing is why a lot of people trusted him and thought you know this is a successful businessman he's gonna save us he's gonna do good things for us and yeah, we just don't have, we don't even have the, I mean, there's the idea in religion, you know, organized religion, greed. Mm -hmm. But the past 50 years, greed is good, you know. It's a simple, yeah. simple phrase. And it's the same, I mean, back just kind of to this idea that's been uh, created and perpetuated and spun up about Democrats being socialists as opposed to capitalists. Like, it's so extreme and it's this like, it, it is based on this greed and this idea that people think that everyone needs so much money and so much like, so many goods and, I mean, it's part of what our whole system is based on to some degree but it's really out of hand and it's yeah i would i would love to see in general i'd love to see more respect given to people based on who they are and how they act and how they treat people and very little respect given to people based on how much money they have because some people get money in good ways, but most people get money in manipulative, shitty ways or in ways that just don't have anything to do with them. Well, that's why I think it's important to start thinking about it as an addiction, not as yeah. not as something that people are bad people. It's that they have a problem because yeah. this person, he has a problem. Yeah. I mean, he has many he different has many problems. problems. And yeah. the and. The reason that he was able to get this far is because we don't treat his problems as problems. 
Right. We hold them up in high esteem. Yeah. The idea celebrity and wealth are virtues. Yeah. And when you listen to people that are thoughtful and are sort of introspective that are wealthy celebrities, often you hear them talk about how disappointing that actually is, too. So yeah, well, there's this yeah. addiction to something that is never going to fill you up enough. Yeah. And there's so many studies, and I mean, we could talk about this forever and we don't have the time, but it's really proven that this isn't satisfying. So it is some, it's just like chasing something that's never going to really, you're just never going to stop chasing it. Yeah. And should there be space in this country for the ability to chase that? I mean, it's a very involved conversation. I think ultimately, yes, but then you make sure that there are significant guardrails in the form of taxes mm -hmm. and uh, other safety nets so that people aren't trampled as a consequence of some people pursuing this addiction. Yeah, and just realistic expectations and a realistic understanding of what that is. Yeah. What that extreme wealth idea actually is. Yeah. And I don't know what he's, what the next thing is going to be, you know, between when we could have recorded this discussion about the Capitol last week mm -hmm. and now his social media footprint has been, has been completely removed. Away. And I, Which also is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But, and I, at that time, I felt that this was not going to be the end. You know, post-presidency post was not going to be the end of him. Now, between the lack of a platform currently and being the first president to be impeached for uh, inciting uh, insurrection, yeah. I'm not sure what the next steps are. I mean, I do know that he's incapable of stepping out of the limelight, so he will try. I just don't know if there is now enough will to actually restrain him in some tangible way. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's broken ties with basically everyone, too. I mean, just yesterday, he cut off Rudy Giuliani, and basically everyone that surrounds him hasn't been communicating with him or supporting him anymore. So, yeah, I don't know what his, like, outlet will be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see, you know, the... There's a real possibility that his next step will be prison. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But hopefully for people that aren't completely uh, lost in the uh, fervor of all of this and the negativity, people that were among the 75 million that voted for him, that we could consider uh, reasonable, decent people that they're able to see that 
You know, if you were just voting for him because of one issue or because of to be a, an antidote to something else, that that is not acceptable, that that is not a way to to use your voice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Um, yeah, I think it was a bad move for people that especially people that are voting based on, I don't know, some sort of like Christian ideas and just over just sort of pretending like he wasn't a terrible person and making excuses. And I'm sure a lot of those excuses were just to make yourself feel better or you tell yourself something and that's a, a totally normal and human. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think it's a I think it's a moment where, I, you know, I also feel for those people. I also do feel for anyone that voted for Trump and felt really like that was the right move, even though he wasn't perfect and maybe just didn't engage with that kind of the dangerous rhetoric or ignored it or tried to will it away. I feel for people that are now probably dealing with the very confusing place that your brain must be in <laughs> like having to reckon with this like oh i i was part of this somehow i was associated with this monster like that must be very confusing yeah and i i i'm you know i feel for that yeah um yeah or not reckoning with it but dealing with the consequences indiscriminately throughout the day as people interact with you mm. or as you interact with media yeah yeah and i guess in this i mean we're a we're a very small forum here but i guess at least in my opinion i think if someone is that person who voted for trump but only because in your mind it was the the lesser of two evils or some sort of lie that you told yourself it's like it's okay to recognize that that was wrong in this instance and to just move forward and try to try to be thoughtful about other thing you know yeah just take it as a lesson that like that one was wrong <laughs> yeah and i'm not always sure and i'm sure you know, I feel in some way I feel lucky that I just haven't been bamboozled to such an extreme, uh, in such an extreme way. Yeah. But half of our country has been bamboozled, so. Yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are. Mm -hmm.